We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm bored is head on over to my bookie. You know my bookie. They're our sponsor here on the show. And check out some of these crazy prop bets they have going on. So uh, obviously on my book, you can bet on any sports stuff you want. We got March Madness coming up. Uh, NBA is in full swing. Uh, MLB just around the corner. Uh, but on top of that, you got some other very fun stuff on here. So obviously religion. You can bet on the next Pope. Not a big expert in that field, but I did look at it the other day. I was clicking around the second ago, and uh, entertainment caught my eye. Some really interesting stuff here, guys. So if you like Game of Thrones, obviously the final season's coming up soon. We got Game of Thrones death matchups. Who will die first? So you got Arya Stark versus Sansa Stark. Arya Stark's uh, uh, the favorite there. Minus 190, Sansa, plus 135. Euron Greyjoy versus Theon Greyjoy. Uh, Euron is the favorite. Varys versus Bronn. Uh, Varys is the favorite there. The Mountain versus the Hound. Uh, the Mountain is a is a big favorite because he's kind of already dead, right? Spoilers. Uh, Melisandre versus Davos Seaworth. Jamie Lannister versus Tyrion Lannister. Jon Snow versus Bran Stark. Cersei versus Daenerys, Tormund versus Brienne, Brienne, excuse me, and Gilly versus Hot Pie. So that's some fun stuff on there. Uh, you got real life death matchups. Let's see, little Regis Philbin versus Bob Barker. Uh, here's kind of a kind of a dark one here. Who will die first? This is this is dark, my bookie. You got Jerry Lee Lewis, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, Roman Polanski, Jerry Sandusky, Harvey Weinstein, and Subway Jared. Uh, yeah, that's that one's is uh, a little bleak. Uh, but like I'm saying, there's all kinds of stuff on here that's interesting. It's not just sports. Me personally, I love to get on and look at the uh, the esports lines. Overwatch League Season 2 is going on right now. It's been great so far. Uh, Vancouver Titans, New York Excelsior dominated the league. Uh, but they get they get lines on those matchups. They got all kinds of other esports. Obviously, I already mentioned the mainstream sports you got on here. Um, you also got MMA, NHL. There's golf on here. I know we got, we got a lot of golf fans on the show. Boxing, tennis, soccer, you name it. Uh, it's here on my bookie. So check it out. Head over to my bookie, start a new account, use our code SHARK25, uh, and you're going to get $25 of bonus cash when you sign up. If you put in over $100 in your first deposit, you're going to get a uh, deposit match on that. Uh, and I really I can't encourage you guys enough. It's a fun site. I already told you some of the fun stuff you can do on there. Uh, and it's a great way to bet online uh, with my bookie at Simple. Um, you bet, you win, you get paid. It's that easy. Use our code SHARK25. All right, guys, we got another sponsor for you on the show. I've been talking about it for a few weeks now. I'm talking about our friends at TixBlitz, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and 
unexplained service charges at tick splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. So head on over to TixBlitz.com, enter promo code ARMCHAIR. That's the important part at checkout. Receive 5% off. So that's TixBlitz, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, TixBlitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. All right, guys, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, joining me tonight on the phone. As always, I got my co-host, John Stefanchik. What's up, buddy? How you doing? So what's this precarious Bianco situation? We're going to jump right into it. So we were just talking before the show uh, about how baseball is um, – is making a little mini turnaround here. Uh, I think, well, this is the second week in a row that we uh, we recorded on a Thursday, right? So last time we talked, Ole Miss had, had beaten Arkansas back into that series um, and then turned around and lost to North Alabama. It was a, uh, a, a complete WTF moment. Uh, you know, we talked about on the show how, well, worst loss in, uh, in school history, RPI-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's just questioning Bianco, Despite beating a very good Arkansas team at home, so many question marks around this team and what they were going to do. Um, I was casting some doubt even on those Arkansas victories, you know, saying, well, you know, they played okay, but they also got walked a lot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, you know, maybe that maybe that game was a little bit of a wake-up call. Uh, they've played four games since then, 4-0. They sweep Florida. Um, a, a very impressive sweep. I mean, Florida is not the class of the SEC this year, but, you know, John, in that Game three, the second game of a doubleheader, they go down eight to nothing uh, and come back and win that game. I mean, that's pretty impressive against any team, much less against uh, a program like Florida. So that showed some resolve. And just getting any sweep in the SEC is uh, is huge for building your record. They're at eight and four now, won the last five SEC games straight. Um, and then, you know, they, they have another midweek game on Tuesday. You got uh, USM and Pearl, a very losable game. I mean, Ole Miss has won, I think, five straight over USM right now, but still, a series has been very back and forth in recent years before this little string of victories Ole Miss has. You know, you're traveling down to Jackson. It's a game that I think, especially coming off of a sweep of Florida, nobody would have been super surprised uh, if they dropped a close one there or even, you know, lost more handedly. Uh, but, you know, they kept it close and they end up pulling away in the end. They went 11 to 3. Uh, Knox LaPasser. Plays catcher in that game because uh, Cooper Johnson got ejected in the game three where they came back from eight to nothing, which was pretty hilarious. You never really expected Cooper Johnson, the guy that like shake hand, shakes hands with the umps after a, after a game and all that stuff to get thrown out by the home plate umpire for arguing balls and strikes, but uh, it, it happened. He pointed with his bat, uh, apparently, you know where he was saying the ball crossed on the outside of the plate, uh, you know off the plate because he was the batter. Um, you know it looked really just from a, an untrained eye, it looked like. It's something batters do to scratch their bat on home plate, but apparently uh, the umpire and I don't I don't know what he said, but you know he got tossed immediately. It was kind of a crazy situation, but whatever. That's all behind us now. Cooper should be back this weekend. Um, so all that said, I kind of set the scene a little bit. Five in a row in the SEC, eight and four. Totally, really recovered the RPI. I was just telling you, you know, looking here on Warren Nolan, they dropped somewhere in the the high thirties, low forties after that terrible loss to. Uh, 
North Alabama, this four in a row, they claw back up to number 20. I mean, uh, Mississippi State, who's 28 and six, having a great season. They're only at 17. Um, just looking through, uh, you know, Florida's at 29, Auburn's at 13, A&M's at 14, East Carolina, who Ole Miss lost to in the midweeks at 11, Louisville at 10. Um, so they're, they're in a good position. Um, obviously Georgia Vanderbilt at the top of the league up into the top of the RPI, but all that to say, they, they've, they've done a good job. Now what they really need to do is, uh, find a way to at least win two out of three this weekend with Kentucky at home. Kentucky's two and 10. Um, they're, they're tied for last place or around last place. I think with, uh, South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina is three and nine. So Kentucky's in last place by itself, two and 10, uh, small aside, John, that do you know that Missouri is, uh, has a postseason ban this year? Oh, is that cause of the, uh, the Tudor thing or whatever? I don't, I don't even know. I heard about it on the radio the other day because that game in Pearl wasn't on TV or anything. So I was listening to DK and they were talking about it. So only one SEC team is not going to make the tournament because of their record um, since Missouri can't play in it. So that's kind of South Carolina and Kentucky right now fighting for that uh, that last that last place in the league that's not going to be able to play the SEC baseball tournament. But that is to say Kentucky at 2-10, and 10, they are 18-15. and 15. They have a 41 RPI. They're better than the numbers say they are. And there's also some other things about Kentucky that make them kind of a rough matchup for Ole Miss. So tomorrow night on Friday, they're throwing a righty with like a 690 RA. Not a ton to worry about there. You know, they don't have a, a super scary lineup, knock on wood. Um, you, you think Ole Miss should probably win that one. But the other two guys, apparently, they're going to throw out. Uh, the game two starter is a 1.99 ERA lefty. Uh, and then the game three, I think it's TBA, but apparently is going to be another lefty. Um, so if you know about this Ole Miss team, they have a ton of lefty bats. They really struggle against lefty starters so that gives you pause right there uh and what i was saying to you john before um that i'm a little a little worried about now that just that just came out this afternoon is apparently due to inclement weather on saturday they're gonna play one game on friday a nine inning game and they're gonna play two seven inning games on sunday this could change but that is that's the prevailing rumor right now so uh you know if i'm bianco and i'm this old miss team and i'm trying to really get to what is an amazing would be an amazing conference record uh at the halfway mark of 11 and 4 or even 10 and 5 which is still very good in the sec and and, you know you have the worst team in the sec in your home stadium the last thing i want to do is play two lefty starters kind of been my kryptonite offensively all year in back-to-back seven inning games where they could they could potentially go you know six or seven innings just off those starters that they're giving us problems so that that is a little concerning to me. Um, I, I definitely think against a team like Kentucky, where it, it, you know it, it's it's a mixed bag, right? Because you say, okay, you have the better offense. Um, why are you? Why would you not want to play a shorter game? You should have an advantage there. Um, I just think, and, and you know, maybe Ole Miss doesn't have the deepest bullpen. I just think that I, it makes me nervous to 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 think that those two lefty starters, like I said already, could maybe throw almost complete games or six out of seven innings. You only have one inning to try to make it work against somebody if they were really shutting you down. So, um, you know, hopefully the offense can get it together. I think our pitching is going to need to be really good this weekend. I think Kentucky bats like 254 as a team. So we're going to need the starters especially to, to kind of save that bullpen to go out and uh, just, just play really well. One big thing from the Florida series, Hoagland did not start on Sunday um, or in game three, I should say. It was a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, and obviously, as you know, from me saying we got down eight, nothing, they kind of had some problems there. So I don't really know what's Hoagland's role is going to be moving forward. He's it's TBA again on Sunday. 
Uh, he did close out the game against USM. Not that he couldn't pitch again on Sunday. You know, I think it it was kind of the bullpen day or whatever for for a Sunday starter on Tuesday. But um, I, I'm not sure what the plan is. I think Etheridge and Nikhazy are, are both doing a really good job as the game one and game two starters. Um, I just hope the offense doesn't kind of go cold because, like I said, if you come out of this weekend, if you find a way to sweep again, it's hard against any SEC team. Uh, Eleven and four is kind of an amazing mark for some of the low points they've had this season. I don't think anybody would have expected 11 and four, even as recently as last week after losing that game to North Alabama. Uh, at that point, they were uh, they were what eight and four, which is which is still good, but sweeping Florida, I don't think was that expected. So that's that's kind of my long spiel on uh what's been going on in baseball john i wouldn't be that worried about about this whole doubleheader sunday thing Fr- frankly this team I'm, I'm gonna make this too simple this team has hit its dumb loss quota for the year i hope so i hope you're right I- i'm gonna take the position they have their heads out of their ass from the whole um north alabama deal and just go out there and play i mean you think that was a win- wake-up call was that a wake-up call losing that game think that was everybody's got to sit i mean you go win a series in arkansas which is hard to do and then you do that i mean that's kind of the ultimate okay let's you know what what are we are we a team capable of beating anyone are we going to be this flash in the pan and from a i mean they've got enough pieces to be a good team yeah frankly Frankly, I've watched plenty of Bianco teams start great and then bland in the middle of conference play. This one's doing the opposite. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, Kind of the trend the last four games, um, 12, 16, 12, and 11 offensive points scored. So, Oh, they didn't. They didn't just sweep Florida. They beat the shit out of them. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. The run score were insane. And Florida's a young team, but still it's Florida. I mean, they lost their pitchers from last year, but still. I don't mean. What do you say? Anyway, it's Florida. They got more damn resources available to them than yeah. anyone. It's one of the best yeah. baseball states. Yeah, they're, I mean they're one of the top five programs from a resource availability perspective. Mm-hmm. So. so winning twelve four, sixteen four, and then twelve ten, pretty good. And then scoring eleven in Pearl, which is a very pitcher friendly park. You, you got to think they're seeing it pretty well right now. And, and like I said, I kind of expect them to go out tomorrow night. And uh, batter that that guy with the high ERA, the righty. You would think so. Maybe you know that gives you some. But then you have to sit for a day on Saturday. But maybe gives you some momentum going in. If you can score early, especially on their their ace that's pitching in game two, uh, the the left handed guy with the one ninety nine. I think then then yeah, I feel good about the series. I mean, even just take two and you're at ten and five. Uh, but the only reason I worry, John, is because this is really your time to make hay because the schedule is about to get really tough. You go. At Auburn, who's number 15 right now, uh, you get State in the Governor's Cup. Doesn't count for SEC record, but still, that's a big game. They're number six. Um, that's the that's the Tuesday after the Auburn game. Uh, and then you turn around on Thursday of that week, April 25th, and you get uh, A&M in Oxford Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, you go at Southern Miss, and you're on, a, you're on a at Southern Miss at LSU the next four games. Obviously, tough places to play. Um, and then you come home and get State. Uh, and then you finish at Tennessee, who isn't great, but they started out fifteen and zero, and they I mean, they still have they're still pretty good. So this is really the last series where I think, first of all, I think it's the last series probably where a sweep is even on the table, and second of all, it's the last series where you're outright going to be favored. Everyone else on the schedule, 
uh, in conference other than Tennessee is currently ranked higher, both in the RPI and the polls. So, I mean, it, it would be great to get to, um, what did I say? 11 and, uh, yeah, right now they're at, uh, eight and four. It would be great to get to 11 and four. Um, and then let's see, there's five series left. So say you lose two of them, win three of them, that puts you at eight more wins. I'll have to put you at 19 and 11. And that's, that's definitely probably a hosting record right now. Um, yeah. So do you 18, 18 and 12, maybe even would do it as well. Um, so there's a little bit of room to lose, uh, to lose this series. Or if you swept the series, you could, you could lose three out of five series and still, um, go 18 and 12, but you really can't get swept. That's something to really keep an eye on. Um, and I do think those midweek games, the governor's cup is a big chance to help your hosting resume, especially with some bad midweek losses on your resume already. And then at Southern Miss is a good boost. Southern Miss right now is uh, they've dropped down to 42 in the RPI. I think they were 30th when uh, when almost played them this past Tuesday. So if you can win at Southern Miss, you have Memphis as well coming up. Let me see. I'm not sure what their RPI is. You already beat them once this year. They're down at 115. So you don't really want to lose that one at all for your resume as well. Um, but I, it's a double-edged sword. Those are tough games, but they're also great opportunities to keep building that RPI, keep building that resume up. So it's – you know, it's what you want out of SC baseball. It's good on good. Um, just feel we're just lucky, honestly. We don't have to play Vanderbilt or Georgia this year, uh, the top two teams in the league right now. Um, you know, Georgia is they're they're nine and three. I mean, I was I think they're going to beat Tennessee tonight, probably a good ten and three. They're uh, playing really well for for a Georgia team. That's good. I mean, that's a team. That's a program that should do better than it has relative to the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna look at the schedule different. I think it's set up well to build a really attractive resume. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the other side of it, absolutely. But you could also you could go in a there's a really tough stretch. I mean that's that's the thing. I don't know. Let's but, see. I mean, if they're gonna win three out of five series, go ahead. It seems played their best baseball against the toughest competition they face. Yeah, I think that's a point that's been made. That's fair. No reason not to believe that. I mean, do you think they're gonna win a series at Alex Box? Probably not, right? I mean, LSU pitching isn't great this year, but it's still LSU. It's still Alex Box. They're number nine in the country. They won a lot of games. Uh, I'll, no, they they haven't won a series there since the 80s. I think that's right. that year. That, you think that what? Say it again? Yeah, it's done. That series, that, that streak's fake news. They're winning the series in Alex Box. They're winning the series in Alex Box. That would be huge. That would be a huge resume booster. Um, no, just, don't, yeah. You don't even have to watch the game. <laughs> I feel good about A&M and Oxford. I think he went two out of three, even though A&M is very good. Um, I think one of the most interesting storylines uh, has been this Missouri team. Um, obviously, when Ole Miss lost a series to them, we were all kind of freaking out about that a little bit. Uh, and I already mentioned they're, um, they're banned from even playing in the postseason this year. But uh, since getting swept by Arkansas, then beating Ole Miss two out of three, um, let's see. They tied a game against AM and they won a game. Uh, they beat Kentucky two out of three. Um, and then they have LSU this weekend. So that's going to be interesting to see. They're five, six, and one right now. But I just have a feeling that that loss series at Missouri isn't going to be as terrible at the end of the day as we maybe thought it was at the time. Um, I don't think they're necessarily as bad as we thought. Um, at 27 in the RPI right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think A&M is a winnable series is what I was saying. Um, I think State and Oxford is is a winnable series. 
Um, they're they're like a very fluky team. They barely have any losses, but when they lose, they kind of completely fall apart. And I also think there's some questions going on right now with their pitching. I think they're, uh, you know, State also had a, a first-round draft pick come to school this year, similar to Ole Miss and Gunnar Hoagland. Uh, JT Ginn, who's their, their second starter, um, he was a scratch last week uh, for game two. He played in game three for like one inning. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with him. He, he could be injured. Uh, and behind their two first starters, which are both really good, um, they have like a closer that's good and maybe one or two other good relief arms, but they're they're really thin uh, in the bullpen. And then their lineup is pretty fluky as well. Obviously, they have Jake Mangum, who's going to break the SEC record for hits uh, in the next three or four weeks. I don't, I don't think he has. I think he has like maybe 20 left to go. Um, I could be a little off on that, but I think he's definitely projected to break it. Um, and he's just he's destroyed Ole Miss um, uh, through through his career. So that's never that's never fun to play against. But I still think those are winnable games. I think they're kind of more prone. Maybe I you know Ole Miss can also look like mental midgets at times, but I I think they're maybe kind of more prone to uh, get in their own heads and, and let stuff get away. I mean, did you? I sent it to the group. Did you see how they? Uh, how they lost that game to Tennessee, the game two. It was insane. I'd never seen this before. That's pretty damn funny. Yeah, that's crazy, right? So if you don't know what happened, um, Tennessee had runners on first and second, I believe. Don't know how many outs. Maybe no outs. Uh, this is like the sixth or seventh inning. They bunt. They bunt to the right side, and this is uh, this is the guy that was. He was the pitcher, still the starting pitcher. He, he came in for the guy that scratched, JT Ginn, like I said. I don't know if, what this guy's role is, if he's normally a starter or what, but um, he wasn't supposed to be the starter. He feels the bunt, throws it to first base, gets the out. The runners move up to second and third. He uh, he walks back to the mound with the, the, the first baseman, throws him the ball that he just filled it on the bunt. He just walks up to the mound and then just throws the ball really lazily just into the dugout, into the Mississippi State dugout. And I had not seen that before. Some people say it's a common thing. I don't know. One thing that was for sure is you never see him try to call time. You definitely don't see the ump's grant time. Uh, it just seemed like a complete mental lapse. It was really weird. The ump awards the runners home plate from second and third. They lose the game 2-1. Extremely strange situation. Had not seen that before. So I don't know. You know, Maybe that makes them a stronger team, that, that kind of weird adversity, but also feels like the type of play that could just get in your head and haunt you. But again, they're 28-6. They're and six. They have not lost many games. Um, something about state's program. They can just go through coaches like crazy, uh, and still get it done. I don't know. I don't know, man. They, the, the worst coach they've had, uh, in recent memory is their athletic director. Cause you remember Cohen had a couple of like those, like six and 24 type seasons, which is, yep. which was crazy. And he had some really, really high flying seasons as well, but he really bottomed out at times. So, yeah, I don't know. The, the program since Cohen with uh, Canizero, who got fired for sexing or dick pics or whatever, allegedly, who knows, uh, then replacing him with Henderson, the old man assistant, and now they got the guy from Indiana, Lamonis. I mean, they've done they've done pretty well. So we'll see. I don't know. That's that's all I know about their team. It's a good bit, but still, I don't know that much. I've only watched them a couple times. Uh, let's just hope they have some more um, terrible mistakes like that when they play in Oxford in the Governor's Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that was a pretty comprehensive, uh, baseball look ahead. I think there, John, for everything. Yeah, I think we've got, I think that's pretty much where things stand. Um, you know, did, go ahead. Did you watch the spring game? Parts of it. Yeah. I watched parts of it. It was like most spring games now, it seems, especially on a team as thin as Ole Miss, where you can't run 
two full teams. You have to run offense versus defense. It's like pretty impossible to really watch or follow because it's so stop and start. The rules are completely arbitrary. You never know like where they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get to the end zone, but where they start is kind of random. Uh, probably the weirdest thing about it is even when the players in the contact jerseys get whistled, they have to stop. You know what I mean? Like, I guess if they get touched or something, it's, I, I know you don't want injuries. That's fine. It's just, it's not a good viewing experience at all, but yeah, I mean, hit me with your takeaways. What do you what do you think about that spring game? Not a whole lot, really. To really, I don't think to spend a ton of time on. They do look better, like they're better coached in a better manner from a fundamental standpoint. Hmm. Um, yeah, Corral looked better than I thought he would. Yeah, Rich Rod seems to be doing a good job with that. I, I think Corral is, is a gamer, so he reminds me, I said, kind of Bo Wallace that can run run better and has a much better arm from what we've seen. Yep. So I'd be, I mean, my, my thought was it's going to take, the one comment I'll make is that what people need to understand is the, the punishment from the whole NCAA ordeal mm. is hitting its peak now. Yeah, as far as depth goes, yeah. Who you're going to have drafted and compare that to um, what this roster looks like and you realize that from a talent standpoint, this is kind of the – this is the worst mix of youth and, and let's say, mediocre roster in s- several spots. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you're, you're having your last pre – uh, punishment prejudgment class enter the draft, and your classes with the least scholarships are now in the positions where they have to be the contributors on the team. So yeah, it's going to be a problem. I think offensive line is probably going to be a huge problem. You think maybe Rodriguez can scheme around it a little bit? You know, I think Corral is going to be running out of the pocket a lot. Um, I, I don't know, maybe you know, quick passes and stuff like that. Run, run plays at the edge. Whatever you got to do to not put too much pressure on those guys, but. That is like a almost completely new offensive line. There's a ton of retooling going on there. Um, I thought Snoop Connor looked very interesting at running back, um, and I think there's a chance, uh, at least from what I've heard, that you know Ely has dropped out of the first round of the MLB draft, so there's a chance he's going to be on this team as well. Um, running back, interesting position for that reason. All the wide receivers looks good. Tylen Knight. Uh, was definitely a surprise playing his, I guess, third position now after starting out at running back and then playing corner last season or safety, whichever one he played, playing a DB position. And now he's at like a slot wide receiver. He made some really athletic, nice catches down the field. Um, interesting to see if, if that sticks for him, if he's able to do some have some production there. That'll be interesting. Um, I agree with you about Corral. I thought the other quarterbacks were interesting as well. Tisdale didn't look bad. Uh, Kincaid, I feel like played like he has a lot to prove, which I guess he does. He was like a, a private school kid, uh, that didn't have a ton of offers. I don't think. Um, but he, he was running around out there. I, I just think, you know, it's hard to judge. He looks very small, not height wise, but weight wise. You know, you have to think if you're not playing your own team, maybe you run around the way he does, you might get your bell wrong and come have to come out of the game for the rest of it. Uh, a little bit, but that was interesting, you know, for a for a guy that should still be in high school. I think early enrollees. Same with Tisdale. Um, I mean, that's that's got to be the. I think they said during the game that's got to be like the youngest quarterbacks room in the country. Like the veteran guy leading the team is a redshirt freshman, 
and Corral, uh, and then two true freshmen. So I think that's interesting. That'll be an interesting storyline to watch. I, I think, and yeah, the defense, I don't really know enough to judge, especially with them changing schemes. You know, uh, McIntyre is, is fairly well respected, especially as a defensive coordinator. So you have to think that they're going to be well coached. Um, I, I think one of the most interesting things to watch with this team is kind of the leadership dynamic, the way that coaches work together, because, you know, I like Matt Luke as a person, and I think the, the players like a lot of things about him, but at the same time, it, it kind of feels like he's a bit of a lame duck in this current setup where, you know, you have Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre, two former Power 5 head coaches uh, as your coordinators, and then, you know, you you have things like, uh, Calvin McGee, I think is his name, the guy that Rich Rob brought with him to coach. Like when your coordinators are making their own hires, that almost feels like it's not exactly your team anymore. I think that's crazy for me to get that impression. Like it doesn't really feel like Luke has the biggest role right now on this team. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off base with that. Nah, I don't agree with that. I think Luke is. Luke is definitely a position where he can be the head coach, program manager. And what, what I mean, what the towel waver? What's it? What's his job day to day on the team? What's his job? I mean, there's a gazillion. I mean, no, I think that's a cop out. I think that's a cop out. I think the other coaches do the coaching. He's the head coach in name, and uh, I don't know. I just don't see him doing a lot. I don't see him doing a lot. Well, then go out and recruit like hell. I hope so. I hope I would love for that, but at the same time. You know, I read like arguably the most important thing in college. Football. I agree, but but first of all, he hasn't landed uh, at least a big name recruit yet. I read about guys like McKinley, who's like a five star DT uh, from Mississippi that just visited. He had a good visit. Apparently, he wants to come back, but his head recruiter is Jacob Peeler. Like it still seems like we we don't have any recruiters on staff. Peeler's the only guy doing anything. You know, I would love for Matt Luke to become like the the you know what people thought Freeze was the elephant hunter or whatever. But you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. That that would be a great development. Uh, and maybe having these coordinators on staff can open it open him up to pitch. You know, you know, playing for great coaches, two players, even though he doesn't have a ton of experience himself. You know, that could be a selling point. Um, another thing about the leadership dynamic that I think is interesting to watch is, I mean. What is the real – he set himself up now where it's like I think the best-case scenario for Matt Luke is they look pretty good and the coordinators leave after one or two seasons, right? And then he just brings in new people to, that are hopefully also well-respected coaches. I mean because you can't imagine that Rich Rod and Mike McIntyre are both going to be happy just being coordinators long-term, right? That doesn't seem That doesn't seem reasonable. That's a good problem to have. Your coordinators do good enough to get hired somewhere else. I guess so, but then you're kind of always desperate to find if it, it, you know, unless you can build a system where they kind of come in and they they're kind of a band aid. Well, go ahead. What's wrong with what Boise State does? Kind of a head, from a head coaching perspective. Well, I don't know. What do they do? Educate me. They go and hire the next hot shot. He wins about nine, ten games each year, and after two or three years, he leaves. But you're saying you're saying do that at a coordinator level. Yeah, why not? Uh, Coordinator Maybe. No, I agree with that. I'm just oh, saying I uh, think I think it's it's patently different from what, like what? the Arkansas State thing or the old Memphis thing. Go ahead. What I'm trying to go reasons to hate Luke. I'm Dude. not, John. This is first of all first of all, this is a podcast. We have to talk about something. There's not shit to talk about in the football team. They haven't played any games. They could be decent. They could be bad. 
talk about. We can shit on Luke in, in freaking June when we want to. I'm not shitting on Luke. I'm raising what I think is a very interesting thing about this team, which is you have two more respected head coaches, arguably, working for a less respected, greener head coach. I don't know what the power dynamic is like. I think it's an interesting thing. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and it's just a hypothetical. You know, what happens if they win eight games? Did, did they both leave? I have no idea. I just think it's interesting. Something to think about. They win eight games of this team. They both deserve like $5 million contracts from schools. Cause that's that's what I'm That's what I'm saying. That's the best case for Luke is they both leave after a year, it seems like. You know, and then there's other people you have on Miss fans that say they want him to go four and eight and one unit look really good. And so that way Luke gets fired and you just hire whatever coordinator you think is doing a better job as the new head coach. And then once again, you're in a terrible position because you haven't made an actual coaching search. You've just, you know, gone down the hall and hired the guy that was already in the building. So I, I just don't know. I, I think it's right now there's to me, there's a million different directions the program could go. And I have no idea how it's going to turn out. So it's worth it. I think it's worth at least positing these questions. That's that's my only thought. Let's see how the year plays out. I mean, this could go. I, I do agree. This could go damn near any direction. Yeah, from two and ten to you know seven and five. But uh, you know, do you still think they're going to lose to uh, to Memphis? Obviously, part of that spring game was they're not going to show any real huge new differences in the scheme. You wouldn't think. Put it on tape. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. So come it, come camp, come August, and you're going to be more ready to make a, a judgment based on who's healthy. I mean, we're really just not going to know until they play. Team's going to be so young; they could probably lose to anyone. I I agree with that. Yeah, the youth is a is a huge huge concern. You're going to be relying on true freshmen uh, all over the field. Um. I really don't know what the deepest position group is. Even you have a lot of buys at wide receiver, a few experienced like Braylon Sanders. Um, I mean, tight end, you have Pellerin and Cooley decent group there. Uh, defensive line. You have some guys that have been around, you know, like the Ryder Anderson types and now Kadir Shepard playing for the second year. Um, Benito Jones, if he's healthy, uh, you, at the same time, you have a lot of, bodies at linebacker that are sophomores. But again, you really, I don't think can point to a position group and say, that's our strength. And, and for the last several years, Ole Miss has been like that with their wide receivers. Um, and before that, uh, you know, with Womack, with Womack, it was the defense and uh, the defensive line under Kimdichi and all of that. And they've had a good offensive line at times. So they're going to have to find that identity, I guess is what I'm saying. And Rich Rod wants to run. Um, I like that. I like that idea. I think, um, It'll be better in the long run to to build a team around more of a run first spread option type idea than what we were doing under freeze as far as team construction goes. Um, I kind of I kind of feel like you saw the the nadir of the kind of teams freeze built last year with Longo calling get open routes and just just trying to chunk it up every time. Um, that's that's kind of what you don't want your team's strength to be. The only thing is dominant matchup receivers, uh, even though they're fun to watch and hopefully you know the NFL draft. That, that's pretty soon. Oh, we got a couple weeks until the draft end end of April. Am I right? Correct. Yeah, so that, it'll be fun to see. Hopefully, hopefully AJ and DK both go in the first round. There's rumblings that maybe Greg Little could sneak in there, probably a second round guy, um, but. It's just, it's not really super sustainable. So I'm excited that 
hopefully at least for a year we're going to be building towards more of a, a more balanced offense even with the maybe a little heavier on the run so i don't know what do you want to talk about john i can't shit on luke what am i allowed to do what are you allowed to do we got we got lots of time to shit on luke you're right you have any interest in the nba playoffs uh sure it's a great time to start watching the nba right i probably watched four games all season up till now kind of how i am playoffs to me of hockey and basketball are good regular season or whatever sure i listen to an nba podcast every week um so i keep up with it that way a little bit let's see um lebron in the playoffs for more than the first time more than 10 years so it's kind of like that's kind of a bummer i like lebron i would like to see it but which team has the best record in the league the warriors nope uh wait hold on so it's got to be the nuggets nope is it the rockets Nope, wrong conference. Wait, who's in the Eastern Conference has the best record? Is it, uh, who has the best record? I'm looking at a list of teams right now. I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at standings for the record. Uh, it's not the 76ers. Nope. It's definitely not the Celtics. They had a disappointing season, right? Is it, uh, is it, is it the Trailblazers or the Raptors? Nope. Who am I forgetting, John? Who who has the best record? This is what makes it interesting this year. Sort of different. The Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah, with uh with Giannis. With Giannis. I can't even say his last name, but I have said it before. I didn't know they can't be that far ahead, right? How many games? They were three games better than Golden State. Three games better. Interesting. Okay, I gotta look up NBA standings now because I was just looking at the uh, at the playoff matchups. It's okay. different. So you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, top three seeds. Mm-hmm. Celtics are the four playing uh, the Pacers in the first round. Uh-huh. They've been disappointing in the regular season, but look, if they focused and actually put it together somewhat in the playoffs, wouldn't surprise any. Wouldn't be a total shock to anyone. Who did you say the Pacers? No, Celtics. The Celtics. I mean, they yeah, because got... they did so well recently. Oh, pieces on paper. But the Pacers got Blake Griffin. Oh, that's right. They See, I know, I know a little bit. And then we got the Nets, the they, Magic. They have Blake Griffin? I thought the Pistons had him. Oh, am I wrong? Is it the Pistons or the Pacers? I don't know. Did the Pistons trade him? I don't know. He is. No, you're right. It's the Pistons. I was thinking it's the Pistons. See, it's, it's those, those Midwestern P teams. I'm sorry. Uh, the Pistons are the eight seed, though. So he will be in the playoffs. He is um, in the playoffs. Magic in the playoffs is fun. It's been a while since they were good. Am I right about that? Got to be. That's correct. Uh, and then the Nets. The, the Nets have like the aging stars, right? I don't know. I think they've got moved past that. Bottom half of the East is whatever. But the Nets have. Uh, yeah, you're right. They're they're. Yeah, they're not good. I mean, they're not names that I necessarily know. I, I, those guys are all gone. You're right. The guys I was thinking of. Um, all right, so go over to the Western Conference. Warriors, obviously, fifty-seven and twenty-five. They've been sandbagging. They're not playing at full strength. They're gonna they're gonna roll through these playoffs. It's gonna be easy. Who's gonna challenge the Warriors in the West? Uh, they got the Clippers in Game One, right? The Clippers have had a good season, forty-eight and thirty-four for an eight Houston, seed. Probably Houston's the best fit for that. But uh, meh, yeah. I think the Nuggets have been. I don't know if it's a surprise, but for a team that was bad, you know, five years ago, they're they're really good, second in the West this year. Yep. They kind of they kind of spread it around, right? They don't have like a like a carry star as much. They play more as a team. 
Yeah. From what I understand. It'll be interesting to see how that does. They got Jokic. Jokic is good, but then they have a lot of like good contributors. Michael Porter Jr., right? Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Um, Jamal Murray. This is yeah. I I don't exactly know what I'm talking about, but I'm just repeating things I've heard. Uh, wait. So the Nuggets will play the Spurs, right? Not the Spurs having a pretty pedestrian season. Yep. Um, they do have Demar Derozan. So did they trade? Uh, they traded Kawhi. They traded Kawhi for Derozan, huh? Because they were they, they kind of switched. Kawhi is on Toronto, so right. And Derozan used to be on Toronto. And this is a so this Toronto team may not be as fragile. In the postseason. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, let's see. Let me go back to the Eastern Conference. They are the uh, two, the two seed. Yeah, so that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, could the Seventy Sixers go deep? They had a decent run of the playoffs last year, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Trust the process. They got to the semi conference semis against uh, the Celtics. Could could this be when it starts all clicking together? I haven't watched them at all this season. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on paper. Well, I'm a big Rockets fan now since I'm moving to Houston. Um, so hopefully my boy James Harden can pop off. You got CP in there. Uh, oh, Nene. So is is Nene like a one-name player? They don't even have his first name listed on Google. Does he just go by? I don't, I don't know the details behind that. I got to look at this up. Yeah, it's Nene. He's a Brazilian professional basketball player. That's pretty cool, dude. His birth name was Mabinar Rodney Hilario, but he legally changed it to Nene in 2003. That's cool. That's pretty fantastic. That's pretty cool. I would like to change to a single name, but I've never heard a name that's good enough for me to want to do it. And Nene is already taken, so that would be my choice. But it looks like he already has that one, so i gotta keep got to keep thinking about it. Um, any other teams interesting to you, John? Pretty much have said all the names. Well, said the names. I think there's enough interesting teams that could make this interesting. So, what your your argument was basically since the Bucks, uh, unexpected team, have the most wins in the league. It's a it's it's a year where you have at least some some new logos and new teams that will be in these games. I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be the Warriors cruising through the playoffs. That's just how I. Okay, so what they beat the Clippers. And then who's who would they play? Uh, what's the next game they're up against? The four five. Yep. So they beat the Clippers, and then you're thinking maybe the Rockets can can push them. Could be, could be. Um, and then after that, they probably have to play. What do they go to the three seven then, or the I don't have a bracket in front of me. Or I guess they go to the winner of the uh, the two and the three probably. Yep. Assuming that goes chalk. You think that the Thunder could win their first game against uh, the Trailblazers? I, I love the Thunder. Sure, why not? Yeah, sure. I don't know anything about the Trailblazers. Who are the star players in the Trailblazers here? This is we're kind of learning. Uh-huh. About, oh, they have Damian Lillard. He's really good. Yep. Uh, and his Cantor is like a uh, political prisoner in Turkey when he goes back there for uh, yep. for insulting um, Erdogan. That's what yep. I know about him. Nurchich, I think, is good. I don't know much about him though. Um, yeah, I'm 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 finding out that I know more of these names than I expected to. Uh, maybe I'll watch. Maybe maybe I'll watch them. I, I will probably watch at least like the finals and a matchup like uh like the Rockets Warriors. I would definitely check that out. Maybe you know as a new Rockets fan, maybe I'll start out watching this uh this Rockets Jazz uh series. When that start? Let's see. We got 
I got the other. Okay, so we got game one of Rockets Jazz on Sunday at 8.30 p.m. I got to mark my calendar. I got to – I got. oh, no, I can't. that's Game of Thrones time, John. The Game of Thrones is back this week. No, it is. Yeah, so I probably won't be watching that then. You gotta you gotta watch it immediately so you don't see any spoilers on social media. Yeah, that's critical. That's critical. Uh, kind of a weird aside here. Uh, do you know who Brandon Walker is? I do not. Hmm. I feel like you might have heard of him, but maybe not. He's like this state podcaster guy, kind of Twitter personality. I promise this is going somewhere that's gonna be interesting to you. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I think I know that. You yeah. know about this? Because you're like a barstool guy, right? I don't know about it, but I, I, I think I kind of know who the person is. Now. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he kind of looks like Shrek a little bit. Um, so he's yeah. he's bounced yeah. around, done his own thing. He's He was on some failed website. Uh, I mean, no hate. I, I So this is going to be interesting because our sponsor, my bookie, uh, was recently – he was doing a show just for them, I think like on Periscope or something – um, this just happened yesterday, I believe. Uh, so the Dave Portnoy, the Barstool president, and and full disclaimer, I I really dislike Dave Portnoy and a lot of things about Barstool. I think it's kind of like a terrible organization. But put that all that aside. Apparently, he has like some sort of a war going on with our great sponsor, my bookie. Um, I you know I could never speak to the merits of that, but of course, they, I I love the site. You should use it. You should use our code Shark twenty five when you register. But he and like thousands of stoolies or whatever the barstool fans apparently like raided brandon walker's uh periscope show and i don't know what happened i couldn't watch the whole video it was like 15 minutes it was just super boring i don't i don't know it i don't know first of all i don't know if anybody watches just like a random fan from state give like a 30 minute web show every day where he just like talks about whatever's on his mind i don't know it's bad enough to listen to this once a week i don't know how you do that but whatever um, long story short, he, Portnoy decided to hire him, I guess, to spite my bookie. And so he works for Barstool now, like all in the course of a day. Uh, but the reason this came to mind just now, you're talking about Game of Thrones. They were all calling him like Brienne of Tarth, which is like a, a giant woman with a short haircut. Uh, who's like a pretty badass character, uh, in the show, but it's definitely not like a compliment to Brandon Walker to be called Brienne of Tarth. But I mean, I guess credit to him for just rolling with it um i you know it's it's i feel i'm happy for him i guess that he got a better job i'm sure working for barstool is better than like freelance periscope show for uh for my bookie but at the same time it kind of feels like stingray where uh he's not really in on the joke it seems like they've kind of hired him because partially because he's like this big dumb ugly mississippi state fan no offense uh you know i you can say the same about me i'm sure about old miss but you know at least i'm i i at least wouldn't uh wouldn't think that they were laughing with me when it seems like they are laughing at him. So kind of a strange story. This all happened yesterday. Um, and now he works for Barstool. And he has a bunch of followers and people liking his tweets and stuff. I have no idea. Very, very, the whole thing's very strange. Uh, but there's a game of Thrones angle. There's a egg bowl rivalry angle and there's a, my bookie angle. So I feel like it was somewhat in our wheelhouse. It's a strange, strange story all around. So look into that. If that sounds interesting to you, if it doesn't, you know, you're normal. Congratulations. Um, what else do you want to talk about, John? Do you want to talk about hockey and or the Masters? I know nothing about either, so you're going to have to lead these segments if you want to discuss this. We're, we're good. Masters shape up to be good on Sunday, that's your thing. What happened today for the first day? Who's the leader after one day? Uh, 
Brooks Kepka is tied with uh, Bryson DeChambeau at six under. Okay. How'd uh, how'd the how'd Tiger Woods do? Tiger shot seventy, tied for tenth, four back. He's That's good. He's definitely in the in the in the thick solid, of things. Solid position going into day two. Oh, uh, what about what about like Phil Mickelson? Is he washed up yet? Nope. Shot five under sixty-seven. He's third. Wow, very good. So some big names up there. It's not all the young guys. What about uh, Matt Kuchar? Uh, even. Okay. I I I grew up knowing Matt Kuchar because he grew up in my grandparents' neighborhood in Ponte Vedra, where they play Sawgrass, where they play the the Players Championship. Not they don't they don't live in that neighborhood, but Ponte Vedra is where Sawgrass is. They live in another nice like gated yep. golf course neighborhood, and so they would always. They, you know, he was a good golfer or whatever. I guess they thought he would go pro, but he's had a pretty good career, right? I mean, he's a pretty good uh, – so that always won be like – times and uh, he, he's won the players before. So. Yeah. So that's of, of interest to me. I don't think anybody else I would care about in that. So cool. Uh, I saw on Twitter that uh, John Daly is there at the Hooters selling his merchandise. It's a, a master's tradition, right? I'm right, he is. I, you know, when I was uh, a kid – Several years, I was a standard bearer at the uh, the tournament here at Annandale in Jackson. You know, carry like the scores yep. on the big sign. And uh, one year, I remember I was in the group ahead of John Daly, and uh, I think my parents were like worried that something was something bad was going to happen, or he was like going to hit a ball into my head or something because he was, you know, first of all, he can drive the ball like long, like a long ass way, but also he's just like you know, kind of crazy. Uh, so that's I, I remember seeing John Daly in that context. Um, any other stories from the golf tournament? Then not really. It was honestly pretty boring, but it's good exercise, I guess. You walk around uh, with the players. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you don't want you, you don't want to tell me anything about the hockey playoffs, John. Pick a team to win. Who's who's good at hockey this year? Uh, well, we we're a Washington Capitals fan base. Right, they they won last year, right? Yeah, between Table Cobbleson, uh, Austin, and I, we're all very pro capital. They have uh, they have that guy. They have that really good player. What's his name? Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Yeah. Okay. I don't know much about hockey at all, but I do love watching like you know breakaways or like uh, shootouts and stuff. I've seen some pretty cool Ovechkin goals over the years. So watch Ovechkin like go on a bender around DC. Uh, <laughs> Are they uh, what what seed do they have? Are they in position? They are the top seed in the Metropolitan Division. I think they're the second best record in the East. Tampa Bay had a great regular season. Right. They blew a three zero lead last night in their opening game at home, though. Ooh, are these best of seven series as well. Correct. Okay. Uh, wait. So, what are the divisions in hockey? Metropolitan. What are the other divisions? You have. Ooh, I don't know if I can get all this. Uh, you have the. I'll look it up so I can fact check. Have the Central Division, which is where the Stars and the National Predators are. Okay, boring name. You have the Atlantic Division, the Metropolitan. You have the Pacific, I believe. The Metropolitan Division. So is the idea of that like wh- where does that name come from? I don't understand. I'm looking at the teams now. They're mostly in the Northeast. Yeah, Northeast Metropolitan, East Coast bias. Okay, so but it's the. Where are the Flyers from? Oh, Philadelphia. So that's kind of still in that same area. Yeah. What? Are, where are the Blue Jackets from? Columbus, Ohio? Correct. And the Hurricanes, Carolina. So the, it's kind of a, it's a broad metropolitan 
idea, yep. the Metropolitan, the Atlantic, and then you said the Central, and what's this other one here? What's the one with the Vegas team? The Pacific. The Pacific. Okay. Well, again, the only one about hockey, I'll just give my uh, – the only connections I have. When I was in Las Vegas last year, they really loved the Golden Knights, so that's cool, I guess. Did they make the playoffs? Who else in the playoffs? They are in the playoffs, and they play the San Jose Sharks in the first round. They lost last night. So, looking at this, okay, so the divisions don't get they have they just have two sets of playoffs. So it's like the NBA, right? So just the top eight teams from each each side of the divisions make the playoffs. It looks like correct. Okay, gotcha. Cool. All right, I'm gonna pick a team. The Capitals have a good record. I'm gonna pick the. Mm, Damn the lightning! Sixty-two and sixteen—that's insane. You aren't yeah. lying. You aren't lying. Uh, I want to pick. I think I want to pick the Islanders. I don't know why. Forty-eight and twenty-seven. Just I like it. I like it. That's that's uh my uh, my very informed pick. Who did who did the uh, Tampa Bay team lose to in their opening game? The Blue Jackets, Columbus. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's Sean Ray's team, I guess. He's got to go to a game. Uh, is it what are they? Is it like two two two? Is it like the uh, the NBA format for home and away games? Uh, two two one one one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, Sean needs to find a way to get to those games. I got to remind him. Uh, cool. So good for the uh, good for the Blue Jackets. Got a lead there on Tampa Bay. Um. MLB, the the Cubs are sucking. The Red Sox suck. Red Sox are sucking. A lot of the favorites underperforming. Astros are doing fine. Uh, let's see, who am I? There was something I feel like I was gonna say about uh about the MLB, but I can't remember anybody really. It's it's early, you know, hard to figure it out. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's it's so weird because the Cubs rotation should be good on paper, but it's just it's not great. It's not great. It's it's going poorly, um, yeah. But I haven't watched a ton of that either, so it is what it is. I'm more focused on uh, Bianco Ball and uh, how they're gonna definitely not find a way to lose this series to Kentucky this weekend. Yep, there you go. They're gonna. What's really gonna happen is they're gonna blow them out on Friday and then just play like shit on Sunday and lose both games and lose this backdoor loss the season. I'm re- I'm gonna reverse jinx it, but we all know that could happen. We all can see that happening, but we'll see. I mean, like you say, they play their best against good teams. This is not a good team. Um, hopefully, if they're really you know have turned it around since that North Alabama loss, they can at least win two out of three against what seems to be like a pretty bad Kentucky team. Although I still think they're they're not as bad as two and ten makes it seem. It's it's pretty tough in the SEC. Somebody's got to be last in the conference. So it is what it is. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up there, John. We've uh, we kind of touched a ton of different bases today. Um, let's see. You got anything? Go ahead. What'd you say? Nope, I'm good to go. You got anything you want to plug? You got anything? Any shout outs you want to give? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, I will say you should listen to my brother-in-law's new podcast. Uh, it's called Queued Up Database. Um, I believe you can search it and uh. And get that, just search that on iTunes. I'm pretty sure I saw they're also on Spotify. So they're brand new, John. They already got advantage on us getting it on Spotify. I have no idea how that worked, but good for them. Uh, let me just give you their Twitter as well in case uh, 
What's their po- what is their podcast about? I will like, tell you what? if you you can also find them on Twitter at queued up db. It's kind of a play on IMDb. So as I understand it, I've only listened to part of the first episode. I want to finish that tonight. As I understand it, they um, it's uh, it's him and Mokler. It's Jamie Hill and Stephen Mokler, and they have a guest. And before they record the show, the guest picks a show that they love, and then they watch episodes of it like a TV show. They watch several episodes and then I they review it and kind of you know just talk about it and stuff. It's a cool idea. Um, I'm impressed because unlike our show where literally do no prep for it, have you know no thought into it, just start talking. Um, they actually have to have some some format and some uh, some preparation for it. So very impressive. They also have a logo drawn by uh, the great Table Cobbleson. Uh, I hooked him up with that. I told him how they how he did our logo um that we use on the show so give them check them out uh, listen to them follow them tell your friends review on itunes follow on twitter all that stuff like i said again they're on twitter at queued up db and i assume you can search queued up database on itunes i i don't have it in front of me but i'm sure you can you can find it um yeah check those guys out you know that's my family so they definitely they definitely deserve it and like i said they're uh they're doing something cool it's definitely cooler than friday rolling uh, you know, I told Bedwell from very early on that uh, Friday Roland didn't didn't have enough of a uh, like a topic. It was just kind of uh, amorphous, and that was going to be a problem. So this is definitely the other direction, but not to hate too much. Congratulations to our friend Will Bedwell, officially a lawyer now. He passed the bar, so we're proud of you. Yep. We're proud of you, Will, and uh, now I feel like we can just stop saying allegedly, right? We can just go ahead and get embroiled in some. Uh, some protracted legal fights not have to worry about it because we have a, a staff lawyer on the uh, the extended cast of the show. So congrats to you, Will. Um, congrats to everyone out there. Uh, whatever's going on in your life, I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Uh, and congrats to you for listening to the show. We appreciate that. Uh, I already mentioned one of our sponsors, but also check out our other sponsor, Tick Splits. You know, we got the ads at the top of the show. You can learn more about how you can help us out by using them. Also, you can help us out by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, visit our website, landsharksafterdark.com. Follow us on Twitter. Just tell your friends, listen to the show if, uh, if they're interested in Ole Miss baseball, in particularly talk about that a lot in the, uh, in the coming episodes. It's going to be a great place for, uh, you know, them to download on whatever happens week to week with, with Bianco. And then, you know, whatever else bullshit comes to mind. That's kind of what we do here. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, we're going to end it there. Thank you, John, for uh, taking the time, man. It was great. Great episode, as always. Thanks to you, the listener. Uh, for John, I'm Justin. Talk to you again next week. Bubble in the sugar, baby. Coming at me, I'm just a kid, I'm satisfaction, the way you're coming at me.